Welcome to the Varsity Podcast, Week 2 edition, Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. We are here, and we are going to recap a kind of a wild Week 1 sponge and uh, kind of look ahead to Week 2. You know, Week 1, I thought, was great games, yeah. good matchups, some good, some good storylines, and a little bit kind of coming back to earth this week, I think. Yeah, so not, not too many big-time matchups like we had last week, but, I mean, you know, the, obviously this beginning of the the season is always weather, you know, plays a factor on these early Friday nights. So, you know, that, that always dampens the, the mood of your game. So hopefully this Friday we can stay a little drier than last week because I know that last week was we had some sloppy fields, some yeah. sloppy play. It's week one, so you're going to have all that, you know, working out the kinks type stuff. But, yeah, definitely coming back down to earth with these week two matchups. Yeah, not, not, as, sec- as, not as sexy as Not as one. sexy, for real, um, as, as last week. So uh, let's go quickly through last week's game. A couple I want to touch on them and bring up. Um, first one, Bowles 34, St. Augustine 13. Bradford Baker County was not completed, but what a performance by Jamie Rogers and uh, the Tornadoes and a half of football. Bradford was one of my little surprise teams, and they, they definitely showed up. We, they, got, they got some players. We, yeah. 21. 21 zeros at half over a semifinalist team in 5A last year. So That's a little statement early made by them. Yeah, good start by Bradford. They're going to finish that game in October. But, uh, man, Baker County's got a hole to dig out of in that one. Fleming Island looked good against Clay, 49-7. I've said they're the best team in Clay County, and I think that's a good start. Jackson, 30 Nice 13. That was me. That was my kind of uh, come-to-Jesus game last week where you thought, man, Jackson Jackson is for real. I give them a – the credit is due now for right. the Jackson Tigers. Uh, Mander 27, Fletcher 20, a good one. Parker 14, Atlantic Coast nothing. Uh, Trinity Christian 48, Ed White 40. So uh, there were some some good games. What kind of jumped out at you about last week? Uh, obviously, I was over at the uh, TC Ed White game on the west side. Like I said, weather was a little factor. Um, Trinity jumped out huge in that game, you know, 21 nothing. Mm-hmm. Put, put them into a hole. And like I said last week, you know, Teal – had had some uh, turnover problems. What did he do? He threw two picks early, you know, kind of put Trinity, you know, had the advantage. A couple plays here and there, you know, Ed White got right back in it right before the half, which was huge, you know, to where it was like respectable game or a one-score game away. The one crazy stat in that game, um, they were five for five on two-point conversions. That's great. That's so unreal. That, that ten points. That's that's a lot of points. When on you, a terrible night, yeah, too. Yeah, so you're like – On a bad like, if, weather if, night. That might be their strategy going forward this season. That's going to be – you know, that's that's two possessions, three possessions if you count field goals, whatever. But um, the the key to the game was running the ball, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Gus was like, we got a sloppy field. I got two of the best backs in the city, and they showed it. Uh, Webb and Rodgers went crazy on them. You know, almost 400 yards rushing with both of them, six touchdowns. You know, between the, the both of them, you know, there wasn't much pass in the game. Colin had a he had a, he had a couple of bad plays in the game. He threw a bad uh, underthrown ball into triple coverage, got picked, and he mishandled a snap that went for a 60-yard touchdown the other way. That kind of got Ed White back in the game mm-hmm. late. You know, but they were able to every time. You know, the Ed White looked like they were going to creep back in. Trinity would make a play. Then they had that little weather delay. What did Treyon come out of that and 60-yard touchdown run, you know, put him right back up. So, Ed, I was impressed with Ed White, though. I will say, you know, we knew Vaughn Patterson was a problem. He's he's a playmaker. He can play offense, defense, like I said. Mm-hmm. Every position on the field. He was tough to tackle. Teal was tough to tackle uh, as a as running quarterback. Uh, uh, who was it? Who was their other back? Uh, Benny Lewis. I hadn't seen him before. He's pretty good. So, hmm, I think, okay. I think yeah. Ed White going forward, I think they learned a lot from this game as well. They said, hey – 
if Trinity's the real deal, they're the number one team in the city, one of the top teams in the state, I think Ed White can uh, can take some things from this game and say, you know, we hung with these boys. We were down big. We didn't give up. We didn't, you know, tuck our tails and, and get blown out. They kept fighting. They kept making plays. So I was impressed with Ed White defensively. You know, obviously they gave up a lot of yards, but I think they got the makings of a pretty good team. So I want to see Ed White, how they move forward from, from this game. Obviously Trinity, you know, they're going to be a problem all year if, if you got Webb and Rogers back there. And then if, if Colin can get some things going, they got some receivers. So you want to see how Gus gets more balanced on offense. You know, I think now what the biggest question mark is Trinity's defense. You know, Fred's going to have to tighten it up. I want to see what he does this week against Reigns. Mm-hmm. They got they got the ran on. So. Yeah, you can't give up 40 <laughs> points. You can't. You give up 40, and then Ed White kind of had no problem running the ball. So – that's, you, got, you got to stop the run, which we all know, you know. But I, it'll be interesting as, like, you know, week one, you learn a lot about your team. You kind of like uh, some of those unknowns you don't know about. So, what kind of adjustments do you make, obviously, in week two, you know, go forward as the season goes on? To me, you know exactly what you're getting with Trinity. You're going to probably get 12 to 14 passes at max from Colin Hurley, and you're going to get probably 32 runs by Darnell and Trey on. And, they're going to challenge you to stop them, and Ed White could not stop that run. And when you got Trayon going for a buck ninety-one and Darnell one eighty-nine, six total touchdowns, that's unbelievable. That's like, yeah. you know, again, I was telling somebody this the other day, Derrick Henry. You knew it at Uly, out of ten plays, he was getting eight to nine of them, and you couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Trayon and Darnell are the equivalent of Derrick, but. The offensive philosophy is the those same. Stat, you, those, those, you know, right? Are, yeah. You know exactly what is coming, and you're challenging a team to stop them. And they could not stop those guys last week. Yeah, and we I, saw that last year in the state championship I agree. game. Yeah, totally. And the thing that's where you know it'll, I want to see how this offense does evolve because teams are going to have to load the box to stop them. And Ed White even did that. But the tricky part with that is too when you load that box and and um, I, Reggie. Uh, Trayon's dad sent me, you know, a clip of the, you know, one of his runs late in the game. Like 11 like, and the 10 yeah, in the box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, <laughs> the thing about it is if you got 10 in the box and you hit a crease, bye-bye. It's, it's see you later. It's touchdown. You know, so then you load the box. Now you're leaving one-on-one coverage out there. So, you know, you're vulnerable to getting beat deep or over the top or whatever. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how teams play Trinity and, and what their strategy is on defense to try to stop that offense because it's, yeah. it's going to be pretty potent. You're gonna, if you're Colin Hurley and, and Gus Scott, you've got to figure out a way to be a little bit more effective through the air. Last week, again, week one, there were struggles in week one, I think, all the way around. You learn about yourself a lot. So I think if you're the passing offense of Trinity Christian, you've got to come back to the drawing board and say, how do we get better at this? I mean, because those play-action passes are going to be there all day long with that running back uh, situation over there. So I do think you've got to become more effective, uh, get Colin a little bit more comfortable back there, be at the offensive line blocking or just, you know, something within his head where he becomes a little bit more confident back there throwing to, uh, you know, to a stable group of receivers um, to make that offense really get in there. Because you know Darnell, you know going to Trayon are going to punch out those numbers every single game, uh, no matter who they're facing. For sure. They're going to be, they should be able to run the ball on pretty much everybody, and you know, unless you get those loaded boxes where teams commit to try to stop the run. You're definitely going to have to be able to throw the ball. I mean, because that's just, you know, the, the key – to a good offense is finding that balance, mm-hmm. you know, finding that, you know, comfort zone where you can run it and pass it 50, 50, 60, 40, and be good at both. 
that's when you're pretty much unstoppable and you're you know you're scoring every possession and, and everything's easy play calls and all so definitely uh I think it was a good challenge for him week one because again I think Ed White is is pretty is going to be a pretty good team this year they're going to be we watched them last year you know they they had a up and down season they started off pretty hot they had a couple nice wins you know progressed on they had a couple bad losses but I think Overall, I think that program's headed in the right direction. I think they got some good players over there, and I think I think they're going to have a good season. Yeah, I think you know we had Christian Ellis over there last year, who mm-hmm. was the Trinity transfer and was kind of the the do all player there. But I like the depth on this Ed White team better, or probably more than any other team that Ed White has had under Coach Lawrence Johnson. So I do think that this is the year for them to take that step. They did fall out of my top ten this week, but uh, we'll get to that later. The other couple games I want to touch on, Bulls 34, St. Augustine 13. I saw that game. I was down there. And the thing that struck me was, you know, we talked about last week, and I've talked about it on air, was how will Bulls look without Cade Frew when you're you're changing such an integral part of your offense. I mean, a three-year starter at running back, he was central to everything Bulls did uh, offensively last year. How do you how do you, you shift that, and how do you change things around to become a, a passing team? You know, DJ Moore, this is no secret that he's the guy now. Um, he was more of a supplementary player last year, handing the ball off, occasional throws, occasional RPOs where he took off and ran and, uh, and scored. So, he is the guy this year, and I think last week was a glimpse of how good and diverse this Bulls team can be. Not going to be as strong on the ground. You don't have Cade Frew back there. But you mentioned him last week, Naeem Burrows, and he looked darn good yeah, last he, week. He was, def- I, he was definitely played the part for sure. I mean, he made instant offense, instant impact. Like flipping the script here, going Trinity run heavy. You know, they got the two best backs a la Cade Frew last year. We'll flip it over now. Cade Frew's gone. So what is Bowles going to do? They've got a dynamic quarterback. They've got a dynamic receiver. they got a pretty good tight end. And now what are they going to do? They're going to open it up and throw the ball down the field. I mean, Burroughs had, what, six catches for 178, two touchdowns? Yeah, he, he had a great – the first play of the game. First play of the game. Yeah. It was uh, he, it was really kind ran, of a busted play. Yeah, and ran – I want to – I saw the clip of it. Basically, uh, it was a little play-action run play. The St. Augustine guys all bit. He, mm-hmm. I want to say he ran like almost like a corner – post right in the middle of the field right wide in the middle open of the field. you know so if if that's going to happen you know they're going to have to figure out you know how to stop Naeem but the what I want to see as you know talking about progression on offense to what makes this offense really good is to find that running game you know f- who's going to be the guy to carry the ball for them and then find that extra one or two receivers you know if teams are going to start doubling you know Naeem you know, they're going to have to adjust as well. So I want to see the adaptation of, like, who's going to step up the other guys on that Bulls team. And you know that will happen. Exactly. You know For that sure. probably I, this this I, week I, we're going to see I that. I want to learn those names and see those guys play. You know, so that will definitely progress as we as we go on. You know, but I was definitely impressed with that win from Bulls. Like, I mean, I kind of thought they would win the game, but, you know, they pretty much handled it with no problem. Yeah, they did. Very good game from Bulls all the way around. Um, and I thought the evolution of that offense, Matt Toblin and that staff really – Built that offense, in, at least in that game plan, uh, to you know take advantage of Naeem Burrows. If he was a secret entering week one, uh, he is not anymore. Uh, and you know, if you follow football, you know his name and uh, Quincy Burrows, old range receiver, uh, now at Cincinnati. 
That's his younger brother, and he looked very, yeah, very. Naeem good. actually picked up a Cincinnati offer. I, yes, yesterday. over the yeah over the weekend. Or Monday, whatever. Yeah, very good uh, standout game for Naeem Burroughs. So we're going to be talking about him a lot this week. Interesting to see what he does, the Bulls' offense does against Mandarin. The other game last week that really jumped out at me: Jackson thirty, Nice thirteen. Yeah, that was that's a. It wasn't. I wouldn't say shocker, you know, because we had a hyped up. You're Mr. Jackson. You're Mr. Andrew Jackson. You've been hyping them up since last year. I've I've really liked them. Uh, we've known they've had some really good players. They got the week zero game, you know, last week or the week before against Brunswick, who's a really good team. So we kind of felt like Jackson, you know, their their biggest question was how much depth do they have? Mm-hmm. You know, can can other guys can some other guys step up who haven't stepped up before? We've talked about their playmakers they have like Fred Gaines and obviously Pup, um, and you know we. We've talked about Nice now for two years as mm-hmm. well. Stokes and and how good that offense is, how good that offense was last year. The guys they lost, you know, and it, it definitely uh, looked like it hurt big time not having some of those playmakers for mm-hmm. Nice. And you know, I guess the score would be more so surprising as in the the outcome. Right. I mean, I figured Jackson could win that game, and I wasn't surprised with them winning. More so the the score, yeah, the domination and, and how, of that game, and like you said, I think it was fifteen three at the half. Fifteen, and again, know. that shows your defense is is doing something right when you're holding an elite eleven quarterback, Marcus Stokes, exactly to a field goal in the first half. And I I don't think Marcus was a hundred percent in that game. I think he had some cramping issues. He did have a nice touchdown run um, in the third quarter to get Nice within fifteen to ten, uh, but just did not he did not look himself. And I really, if he did, I, I don't think that would have made a difference. I think Jackson was dialed in, and I saw them in week zero. And uh, the thing that jumped out to me, they are tough, but the depth just isn't there. And I thought with a, a much bigger Brunswick team. Uh, it would it wore them down in that yeah. second half, and yeah. you saw them fight back a little bit and, and take things, you know, getting back into that slugfest with uh, Brunswick in the second half. Brunswick is a big program, and um, just could not get over that hump. So um, I thought with Nice it would be the same thing. Nice is one of the larger programs in the area. Um, Jackson is not a larger program, um, and King Johnson, the quarterback, absolute dominant game. He had a, a throw on third down. Uh, uh, Terrence Holland, I believe, and it just completely flipped the field. Uh, over 200 yards passing for King Johnson in that game. He was splitting reps with Emoria uh, Terry the week before. So it'll be interesting to see going forward how that Jackson offense continues to build. They've got some ballers on that team. I know yeah, they do. Grayson Howard gets a lot of that uh, adulation and, and headlines, rightfully so. But they have got some guys. Fred Gaines yeah. is a baller. Um and, they and got more, some guys on defense too. Uh, my boy Brian Hooks yep. is, is a lockdown corner. Terrence uh, Holland. Seth, I mean, they Seth have. Brooks. They've got they've got some players over there, man. They do have some guys. So, you know, we talk. I, I've been talking about Jackson for the last probably the last year and a half that things were getting to that point. You mm-hmm. could see it at practice. You could see it at a game on Friday night. Just that kind of that buzz with Jackson. And I think this is the year they put it all together. Uh, they did graduate a lot of guys, and I think you saw that week one how. They missed some of that depth, uh, especially late in that game. But I really, there's no question in my mind that Jackson is built to last this season. I think they are going to turn some heads. Uh, I've been saying it a little, you know, the last couple years with you, but uh, I think this is the year they put it all together. Okay, Sponge, before we get into our this week's games, it's, uh, my Super 10 changed a little bit this yeah, week. Mine changed up so, a little bit. I had to change it up. 
I'm going to go, I'll count down mine from 10 to 1. Columbia, they lost to Buholtz last week, 31-14. A little bit of surprise there for me. I picked Buholtz originally, and then at the last second changed it to Columbia. I thought Tyler Jefferson, the addition of him, would really kind of flip that switch. But Buholtz is still on another level, maybe one of the best teams, if not the best teams in our region if we're stretching things out to Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a state semifinalist team last year. Just an excellent program down there uh, in Gainesville. Mandarin jumps in at number nine for me. Nice win over Fletcher, 27-20 last week. Tramel Jones, three TD passes. Kyron Jackson, a, a long, long kickoff return for touchdown. So Mandarin special teams and offense working really well. Baker County, they dropped for me. Um, they didn't drop out because that game wasn't finished, but mm-hmm. um, I think they're. I think Bradford is probably in the mix here. Baker County eight. Jackson moves up from ten to seven for me. Creekside absolutely roasted Vieira forty nine zero. They're in the rankings at number six. Range moves up to five. Beat Miami Monsignor Pace nineteen thirteen. Fleming Island filleted Clay. They're at number four. Bartram and Bowles flipped for me. I, I was not as impressed with Bartram. A 13-7, kind of a sluggish win over Ponte Vedra. Uh, so they moved to, to, from two to three. Bowles goes two from three to two. I thought that St. Augustine win was very convincing and, and a good showing by them. And uh, Trinity stays at number one for me. Yeah, yeah, I got, I'm pretty close as well. I added a few teams that kind of got in that I was impressed with and then a few that dropped out. I'll go from ten to one as well. I I jumped Ed White into the top ten okay. because of their because I I guess I'm I'm forecasting I'm forecasting for okay. them. I think they got something going so I'm gonna put them in at ten and we'll see where they go from here. I did drop the Nice Panthers on down to nine. I left them in the top ten just because I guess it's a respect thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what I'm gonna give my boy Stokes and 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 drafts. Uh, you know, let's let's see what happens week two and three and four and and move forward. With you that. had them a little higher than me I last had, week. I think I want to say I had them at four. Three. I think yeah. you had them at three last week. I think you were no, had, no. I had them. I, I had them at four. Okay, I I four. Had, I know one, two, three was Bartram. Okay, Bowles and, and Trinity. So you were four. But, at, yeah, I think they were four. But uh, but yeah, so they dropped down to not. At least they stayed in there. Okay. So we'll see what happens. But I jumped Mandarin in because I was also impressed uh, with Mandarin because I had Fletcher. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was high on C four, but that was the game where I was like. Who, who's going to take this game to start the season to say, okay, I'll flip the script on both of these guys. So I, I like what uh, Mandarin was able to do. Uh, I dropped Baker down to seven. I jumped Jackson up to six. And then my top five is pretty much the same as you, except maybe a few a few adjustments. I got Fleming at five, Reigns at four, Bartram at three, Bowles at two, and Trinity at one. Yeah, we're close. We're very close there. So, yeah, and I had Ed White in there last week and, and moved him out. And, you know, the early rankings of – yeah, they're things. Fl- they're they they fluctuate, fluctuate but sure. I really I had Ed White number nine last week, and I even had John Gone, the weather guy, ask me, "Why'd you drop Ed White out of your your rankings? They had a great game. They almost beat Trinity." And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's so uh, getting getting a little buzz yeah, for for Ed go. White around here, uh, but a good good start for Coach Lawrence Johnson and the Commanders, even with that loss. So, all right, flipping ahead to week two. So. Um, not as good of, of games this week as we had in week one. Hopefully we'll get better weather than we did last week. We had a couple of games scrapped or finished on Saturday or called at uh, halftime or in the third quarter of those. So a couple games for me to look at. Um, nice at Creekside. I want to see how Nice can bounce back and then can Creekside keep that going. Really surprised with Creekside. He lost nearly 
30 yeah. seniors yeah, from ton, last year. Ton of seniors and you come out like that, I thought Creekside would be poised to take a step back. Uh, not the case last week. Uh, so how can they keep that going against Nice? You know Nice is going to be super motivated totally. to, uh, to, to get back in there. It's funny, I was at the Nice game last week and had a, uh, and a former coach come up to me and said, you know, it's been 17 years to the day that Hoover and Nice played on ESPN. Yeah. 17 years. That was 2005, Tebow's senior year. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. That was one of the first games on the ESPN network, the first high school, live high school football games. I actually ran into Tebow yesterday at uh, a soccer function, and I went up and talked to him and I said, Bud, you know, it's been 17 years since you're. And he said, Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. It's been, and we'd reminisce a little bit about the high school time, uh, but 17 years that's since great. that. You know, can you think I, of. I remember that game. Can you think of how no, far high school football has come yeah, in that 17 no, years? I'm telling you, that's crazy. Like, and at least I remember that being one of the very first, you know, televised ESPN games where you're like hyped up. You're like, All right, sweet. And then, yeah, just the, the evolution of, you know, games being on TV mm-hmm. more often, you know, they're always. This first weekend, there was a slate, you know, on Friday and Saturday of just different high school games that were on. So, but yeah, almost two decades. That's 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 17 years when, you know, you've got guys already retired from the NFL and just the evolution of high school football since that first game, Hoover, Alabama versus uh, the Nice Panthers. Uh, I believe it was a 51-29 Hoover win. Uh, but at halftime, Nice was actually uh, in that game. Very, very good games. Kind of the um, not the coming out party of Tebow and Ryan Ellis and those guys, Manny Wellington, because they had had uh, two really good seasons before that. But the national brand of Nice really kind of grew uh, mm-hmm. with that game. But 17 years, a little bit of history, uh, history for that. So can Nice bounce back this week against Creekside? I think uh, I think Marcus Stokes will want to get back and uh, get this offense situated again. Um, and King and Creekside keep that going. Parker, big win last week over Atlantic Coast, 14-0. Uh, they go to Riverside. Uh, they visit Riverside this week. So we'll see um, We'll see what they can do. I, I like Parker's defense. Mm-hmm. Again, offense, we've talked about Parker's Achilles has been that offense, kind of getting that uh, situated and going. Riverside, a new coach, Ant- Antoine Nicholas, uh, they won last week. Not a not a great performance against Westside. No. Um, you know, so it's a little bit different than the O.J. Small-led uh, generals of recent years. And um, Ed White at Sandalwood. Sandalwood, a sloppy win last week over Rebolt in the nasty weather, 15-6. White, we already touched on them, what they did against Trinity Christian. Um I think White gets back on the yeah. the winning path would, this, this week. This, this is one of those games. It's a perfect game to kind of see, like I like I was saying after the you know the Trinity game. What do you take from that loss? You know, what good do you take? What bad do you take? Improve upon it this week, obviously in practice. It's a good it's it's a good barometer check week two to say okay, Sandalwood's you know, Sandalwood Sandalwood they're always good. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we go week two? And so I, this is a perfect setup for saying. All right, what, did we learn something from Ed White, and are they going to be the real deal? Are mm-hmm. they going to be that team that we think they can be? So I, I'm uh, very intrigued. In yeah, same. And my fourth game is is one that we overlap on, Reigns and Trinity Christian. Yep. I'll let you take that one. Um, I think it's a good one. Two Super 10 teams going head-to-head, and, and kind of what do you learn it's, from it's, last week? It's all, exactly. It's always that Reigns-Trinity game uh, traditionally now has become an annual thing, kind of like, it's kind of when Bowles was playing Reigns when they were in the same uh, district. But, you know, when Wiley was back there, he, him and uh, V-Man, were, they've, they've become good friends. And so they would just be like, let's play this game. And it was always one of the best games in the city every year, Reigns-Trinity, you know, at, either at the graveyard or over on the west side. So 
I think the matchup for this one is going to be similar to a little bit last week. You know, we we've we've seen we know what Trinity's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no secret there at all. So, like we said before, like you were saying, what in practice this week did Gus and those guys do with Bushy? You know, to try to get the passing game on track, to try to get more balance because. Reigns is always going to have a stocked rock defense, mm-hmm. so they're going to be like, let's let's shut the run down. You know, they've got some elite DBs, obviously, in uh, Kenton Kirkland at, at one side, so he's going to lock one side down pretty much. So what what do the rest of the the secondary guys do against some of the other receivers at Trinity, and you know who makes the plays? So, and then on the flip side of that too, Reigns is going to have to be like, all right, well, hey, what did what did Ed White do successful last week? They ran the ball, so can we run the ball on them? Like like Ed White did, can Trinity shore up that defensive front and not let Reigns run? So it's all those are the the factors in the games. We, it's not like it's a secret. So it, hopefully we have good weather and not a sloppy field and not rain, you know, because then it could be a mud fest. And then you know who's going to run the ball better and take care of the ball and not turn it over and all that good stuff. So I love this matchup, just like I love it when they play all all the time. So I'm I'm looking forward to it and. I think Trinity wins just because I think they got the better players overall. Mm-hmm. I think the roster is a little bit better, and you know it's just I think it's going to be hard to stop. You know, three and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what do you? That's so that's a game we overlap yeah, that's, that's, on. You got three game. more. I've got three more. I, I love this Mandarin Bowls. Game. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talked about Bowls. They're our number two team. The evolution of their offense and how much it's changed into a pass heavy offense more than a run. Uh, Mandarin obviously looked pretty good last week beating Fletcher. I love their young quarterback. I like their two receivers and uh, you know Jackson and uh, French. Like those guys are going to be tough guys to stop. So it, can they can they become balanced and have you know run pass you know fifty fifty split offense and give teams teams trouble you know on defense. So I think that Mandarin Bowls game is going to be a excellent game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other my other two games are uh, Oak Leaf and Baker County. I want to see what. What does Baker County do after ba- basically almost getting embarrassed? Mm-hmm. You know, twenty-one nothing. You know, you're down to Bradford. You, you know, they that was a tight game last year that they had with them early in the season. You know, Bradford's got some dudes. They got players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Oakleaf they had a cakewalk against Orange Park last right. week. So, and then they looked pretty good in the little jamboree they had in preseason. So, I want to see. You know, what is Oakleaf like? Are they for real, or you know, are they just pretenders? Mm-hmm. You know, so, I think they got some players. On offense, you know, but I, I like that matchup. And then my other one was uh, who did I have? See, I think we overlapped again because I had I had Ed White Sandalwood too. Okay, so so there you go. So I want to see, like I say, I want to see what Ed White can do after you know having a good performance, you know, coming out on the losing end. You know what what do they what do they learn from that game? And, and you know, Sandalwood is like I say, Sandalwood. So Ed White Sandalwood should be a good one as well. So I, there's, there's about four or five good games this weekend or this Friday night. So I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing what we see and seeing who makes the jumps. Going back to the, your game, what does Nice do? Right. You know, like it, it, the pressure's kind of on. Yeah, you can't. I mean, your start, you're, you're faced with an 0 and 2 start. Exactly, that's and exactly where you don't want to be. You're gonna, you're gonna hear those whispers of last year was a fluke. You yep. can't win without your seniors. Totally. Um. So. Before last year's nine and four run, Nice was back to back one win seasons. Exactly. So I think if you start zero and two, and it's really early to throw in the towel, yeah, but yeah. I do think there's um, there's alarm bells going off that say, okay, what changes yeah, do we need to make? Down, you look down the pipe, and there's some other games too that are going to be tough in there. So you're like, we got to start, we got to start getting some wins here to get that confidence, and you know, say, hey, we're we're on the winning side, not the losing side. So the the more 
you you can if you start off zero and two, like you say, the alarm bells are going off to where you're like, okay, we got we need to do something. Right, so it shouldn't be happening. It's, with and, the... And, and the matchup this week, like Creekside, <laughs> they surprised us last yes. week. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out and plays well in that game on Friday night. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. So again, more more of a, a limited set of quality matchups this week, uh, but nonetheless, week two of the high school football season is here. That's it for the. It's a week two edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney and Sponge Franklin, we will touch base with you next week, recap our week two games, look at week three, and uh, break down our Super 10 again. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 